Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. All right, guys, welcome back to the Rich Hills Golf Show podcast, everybody. Episode 189. It's the day after the US Open. Yeah. It's just taken place. We're back here in the studio after some wild, crazy adventures. Such as? It just, it feels just nice to, it feels like I'm back home. Oh, I just thought you meant the fact you just got stuck in the rain outside. Oh, no, no that's nothing crazy, but yeah, feels, <laughs> I have. I've just been for lunch and I ran back and I'm, I'm soaking, so hence no hat. So, uh, yeah, uh, US Open, it's happened, it's been 2023. I went to bed last night, probably about two o'clock. Nice. So I think I got up to maybe the eighth or ninth hole, maybe a tiny bit later, fully expecting to wake up this morning, truth be told, with Rory McIlroy being our US Open champion. But did you actually, though? Maybe I dreamt it. No, but did you actually go to bed thinking Rory will seal the Even, deal? I think at the point me turning it off, he was two shots behind. Um, but Winham was going through a bit of a blip around kind of eight and nine. Um, and I thought, yeah, he's not going to keep this going. I'm, I'm pretty happy. I'm pretty content going to sleep tonight. And the headline I will wake up to see is Rory McIlroy wins. You were wrong, Rick. I was. I was very wrong. The first thing we'll touch on, though, is the timing for us in England was horrendous. I know. If 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 no major tournament is ever played in California again, I'd be happy. I yeah. I literally was so up for yesterday. It was arguably one of the most excited I've been for a major Sunday for a while because of the fact of you had Rory up there, you had Scotty Scheffler up there, Tommy had posted a sixty-three, an amazing last day. And I More of, importantly, Ricky Bloody Fowler. Your friend. Yeah, but he's not my... I was on the trip, so he's not a friend of mine. Ricky Fowler. He's a friend of the channel, He's a friend guy. of... You know what? I would. I did a tweet about this. I would love nothing more than Ricky Fowler to win a major championship. He is one of the golfers that feels like he deserves one. He can't end his career without a major championship. And I do believe one will come. I just hope that's not his only chance. But he... Uh, he'll... he'll, he'll, he'll have more. Yeah, I think yes, he will. Yesterday, and, and coincidentally, I don't think this ever really happens. It was Father's Day in UK yesterday and USA on the same day. I think it's always the same. We just have different Mother's Day. Is that true? Yeah. No, I thought Father's Day were different. Anyway, um, I, when, I don't know why I said that. When <laughs> I was, that's not what I was getting to with that. Yesterday, sorry, that's what I was getting to. Yesterday, I had a lovely day with my family, kids, everything, we had some friends around, it was lovely. And I must admit, in the back of my mind, I was really excited about the golf starting because, like you say, it just teed it up to be a very, very not maybe not exciting is the wrong description because it's not like it's not the Masters. Like the Masters, you know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, there's th- these signature holes that you know drama is going to take place around LA Country Club. It had a lot of criticism, a lot of praise as well. To be fair. Um, it felt like it was more tense in the fact that I'd been watching it. And I was for those couple of hours I was watching late on. I was almost like on tender hooks. I was like watching it, but not actually enjoying it that much. Like, really? I was, I was just kind of on edge all the time because I felt like, you know, with, with every, you know, Ricky got off to a, a poor start. Uh, Wingham was doing really well. Um, Rory was kind of doing a typical Rory on a Sunday, burning, not playing badly, he burnt so many edges with the putter. It yeah. was ridiculous. Um, but yeah, it just felt more tense than anything. But for, first off, don't please don't ever mix this up. Huge congratulations to Clark. Yeah. I mean, what a win. He absolutely bossed it 
One of his goals this week was to remain cocky. He looks so bloody confident on that final day. Yeah, so as we said, a timing of this event, I thought for us in England was horrendous because I watched till about just gone midnight and I was so tired and I, just, I, I couldn't commit to watch until four or five in the morning. So I went to bed and I was hoping that I would, be like you, expecting that maybe Rory to have won. I was hoping I would wake up and it would be either Ricky has won his first major championship, but Rory has finally, after nine years, won another championship. Or uh, maybe even Scotty has got his second because Scotty has been up there so much. It's insane. And when I woke up this morning, so this is Monday recording this Tuesday, you're listening. And so that Wyndham Clark had won. My first reaction was a bit gutted, right? That was my first reaction. And only because, although he won the other week, I didn't really know much about him. And yeah, I'd watched some of his golf this week, obviously, and he was he was hitting it so well. But I always say this, I feel like when somebody wins a major, I want it to be someone that I feel like deserves a major. And not in, when I say deserves, not in as much of, well, whoever wins the major deserves it. They played the best four rounds of golf, no questions asked. But somebody like a Ricky that I've known of for however many years that I feel like, you know, really has almost earned it. So at first I was a bit like, oh, okay. And then I watched the highlights, obviously, of what I've not seen from being asleep. And then it all changed when I watched his press conference. Yeah, he was... He was- so down to earth. And, and I, I started to realise this morning, I was thinking on the way into work, why is it that I want people to win who I feel like deserve to? And what it is, if somebody like Ricky Fowler, for example, has been around so much, you've seen that many interviews of him, you've, you've seen him on your videos, whatever it might be, you start to feel a bit like you get to know them a bit more from a personality point of view. Whereas when it's a golfer that's a bit newer on the scene, you don't know as much about them. And from watching that interview with Wyndham Clark, and, and then hearing his story about his mum, and his sort of mum died in 2013, and he said this was for her, and... He moved colleges. He had a bit of a tough time at college with obviously his, his, his mum dying while he was at college. Doesn't have a coach. No, I found doesn't, that bizarre. He doesn't have a golf coach. So that was insane. Um, and I was looking at the stats. So he started this year 160th in the world and now he's number 13. Is he gone to 13 now after that, after that win yesterday? So I actually, in hindsight, I am very, very happy that he won. And I think he is another huge name we can be keeping our eye out for every major. In some regards, not maybe as dominated, it's kind of got Scotty Scheffler vibes. Mm, yeah. Like Scotty kind of came out of nowhere. I know he won in the build up to winning the Masters, so it felt justified. Wingham has built, has won in the build up to this winning the US Open. But does this now kind of just snowball him into this next strat- stratosphere? He looks like he has no, I mean, obviously to win a major championship, you can't have a weakness in your game, but he looks like he has no weakness. Very similar then, now you've mentioned that about him not having a golf coach, quite similar style of play to Bubba Watson. Mm. Like really slings the ball, like moves the ball. It was, I think it was the sixth hole, the par, uh, no, it wasn't the par three, six. It was the, might be the fifth, the hole before that, the par three down the hill. He curved his six iron 50 feet in curvature <laughs> to, to get it to his back pin with a massive power fade. Like he, he does have vibes of kind of, Bubba, Bubba-esque mentality. Um, his putting was out of this world. So bizarre that the final two players in the final pairing had exactly the I same thought that. And it's quite an unusual one as well. Like, yeah. Obviously kind of versa, quite chunky, quite big. Well, the story on it, and again, I'm only reading, I only took this from the broadcast commentary, is apparently Wingham at a few weeks earlier had actually trialed Ricky's putter. Wow. And actually liked it so much, he ordered the exact one. Oh my days. I bet Ricky Fowler's kind of re- regretting that a bit now, but I must admit, Ricky doesn't strike me to someone who would uh, hold any grudges. And the way he controlled himself afterwards, yeah. the, the way he, um, you know, wished wished him well, kind of still a smile on his face. I'm sure he was there signing signatures till yep, God knows what so time. Um, I mean, absolutely. You know, he's, he is such a credit to the sport, Ricky Fowler. I think someone that we... We don't we don't put on a pedestal enough, really, for someone who pioneers our sport. Um, and and for me, in, in many regards, the fact that he's had such a torrid time over the last few years with his golf game, and now he's coming back and actually getting up on that leaderboard, it feels like it's happening way more often. Yeah, like week in week out, he's up there now. I can't wait to see what he does in the open. I can't wait to see how he continues this form into next year. Um. It's a bit of a shame we've only got one more major of the year left. Well, that that's the thing. I think 
I don't know why I feel like this, whether it is because of the live divide and the PJ tour that we've had before and the different tours kind of battling each other or whatever, but I feel like this year, the majors have, have felt almost like they've meant more. Yeah. And obviously the majors are the pinnacle of the sports. So they always mean the most, but I don't know what it is. I think I love the space in between them. The fact that every month you've got a new one to, well, for four months you've got a new one to kind of focus on, look forward to. The fact that I always think the US PJ is the weakest one, but this year it was a really good event. Obviously now at the Open, left at Royal Liverpool, a golf course we know pretty well. And a golf course that I think, depending on the elements, could be a, a real battle or somebody could just be smashing it around there, hitting it so far if it gets baked, which I'm guessing it will be the way that we've had the sun over here recently. But you look at the field now, you look at like the leaderboard, and I'm going to come on to something else, but we're not kind of change the topics too much. But speaking of the Open, I saw a post the other day on Instagram that Royal Liverpool put on saying that Tiger wasn't going to be going or something. And what was quite bizarre, I was just thought, all right, okay. It wasn't that, not that surprised that he's not playing, obviously, in the Open this year. And then I kind of thought, that's the first time for a while I've heard news like that about Tiger and not felt gutted. And obviously, overall, yeah, I'm gutted. I want Tiger to beat the majors. I want, I'd love Tiger to win another major, another 10 majors if he could. I'm a huge Tiger fan. And this is something that we touched on in the podcast a few weeks ago. When you actually look now at how many amazing golfers we've got, how many amazing stories and kind of personalities are starting to come to life. I actually think golf has never been in a stronger place in my lifetime in terms of the the depth of talent and excitement. Like I never once yesterday thought, I wish Tiger was here. I saw that post and a single tear rolled down my cheek. Really? Um, I am gutted that Tiger's not not played. I, I did expect it. Obviously, he's had he's had more surgery. Uh, hopefully, getting back up and running again next year. Um, but I think you're absolutely spot on. I think the way that the game of golf is at the moment. I mean, you look at the top of the leaderboard. I mean, like I say, Scotty Scheffler's always there. John Rahm didn't seem to burn the place up this this week. He still came tenth. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like Dustin Johnson tied tenth. Minwoo Lee, friend of the channel. You know what's mad? The three players all in top five and T5 have all been on the channel. Yes. Tommy, Ricky and Minwoo Lee. There you go. <laughs> but that's it. If you look at that leaderboard now, if I said to you, right, I've got Crystal Ball and the Open this year, Wyndham Clark's going to win again. After that performance, you go, well, yeah, fair dues. If I said the same about Rory, you'd think, well, yeah, it's a hot course he won at before. He's playing so well, he's dual major. Scotty Scheffler, well, he could win. He's world number one. He's won the Masters before. Why could he not win? Cameron Smith, defending champion. Tommy Fleetwood, pretty much a home, no, it's quite his home course, but a real like home feeling for him being at Royal Liverpool. He's playing great golf. You look like a Minwoo Lee. You've got Ricky Fowler. You go down, like you said, John Rahm's in at 10. That leaderboard from this event you look at how strong it actually is. And that's why I'm, I'm not necessarily comparing it to the Tiger era because I love Tiger's dominance. And I, I'd love him to come out again and instead and win another 10 majors. But I don't think I've ever felt this much, this much excitement for a field than I am right now. Yeah, I, I feel I, you're definitely right with the 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 depth of players now that are available. Because even, even if you look at, I mean, I'm just looking quite literally flicking through the leaderboard here. And even there's so many big names that have done so well this year that didn't even make the cut. Mm-hmm. You know, Max Homer. Yeah. He was actually a huge favourite going into this week because I yeah. believe he's got the course record around. Oh, wow. Um, didn't know that. Um, Los Angeles Country Club. I, I, whether it's 61 or 62, maybe it's got matched this weekend. Um, Jordan Spieth, Justin Thomas is is a little bit out of form at the moment. Mm-hmm. Justin, he's said it himself more recently. Um, you know, you've got such, I mean, it's ridiculous how many top, top, top players. Um, so yeah, it's going to, I mean, Rory, I, I don't dwell on Rory too much because his time will come. He will win majors. He knocks at the door so often. It's ridiculous. It, it, he has been so close on so many major tournaments over the last few years. Yeah. And I was, I was trying to articulate it today and I've watched highlights and, and the bits that I watched yesterday. I didn't actually feel like he did a lot wrong yesterday. No. And when I also looked at the highlights of uh, Wyndham when he won, there's a lot of times where you do have to get lucky. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of times where he, he missed big. Certainly in the back nine, he, he hit five or six straight pulls that went straight left. And every single time, by the, I think it was the eighth or ninth where he did get a bit of trouble, every one of them was okay. Mm-hmm. Like he just managed to, to kind of get around or 
you know, a, a friendlier bounce compared to a horrible bounce where Rory just doesn't feel, it doesn't, that last day doesn't seem like the luck's quite on his side. He never seems to lip in. It always seems to lip out or he got his ball got embedded in the bunker, this, you know, in the bank of the bunker and, and all these things. It's like, oh no, but come this, on. I think I said this before, on the, well, I have said this before on the podcast though, but if you think about the average, what the opens, I think 150 players ever it is playing in it. Within that, there's obviously 30 or 40, which we could reel off, who you wouldn't be surprised if they won. We've just done it then, obviously. You've got Rory, Scott Scheffler, Cameron Smith, blah, blah, blah. Within that 30 or 40, whatever, you've also got, you, you've got guys who will have a really, really good four days. You've then got guys who are outside that 30 who might have the week of their life. So what I'm going to get to is, in reality, there's lots and lots of players teaming up every week or certainly every, every major who could win that championship. And I think sometimes with Rory, he has blown a couple away, admittedly, but the fact that he's playing so consistently so often and his name is at the top of the leaderboard, I think that's why like it appears that he can't win. Yeah. It's actually the fact he's doing so well and he's putting himself in contention so much that you notice it more and you think he's not winning. Like, he he's not really there throwing that away, has he? Well, he does. He shot level par, but as did the top three players. He... he... For me, with Ricky, he, he's proven to win. Yeah, he, he, he can win. Uh, sorry, not Ricky, Rory. He can win. Yeah, he's won multiple times already this year. I think I'm right in saying that. Has he, he's definitely won yeah, this he, year, hasn't yeah, he? Yeah, he won in Dubai. Was that the end of? Uh, let's have a quick look. So it's not as if oh, we've got a fire alarm going off in the background. Is that a real one? It's not as if he can't. We'll pause. We'll be back in a sec. Um, we're back. False alarm. Um. You know, so, you know, he he, he has proven, he has won this year. Mm-hmm. He said he won at the back end of last year, was it? Or earlier this year? He won in Dubai this year, start of the year. Um, you know, it's not like he doesn't win. Um, but yeah, I, I'm not quite sure. I don't know if he's, if he's, I don't know. I, I wouldn't be able to give any advice and I'm sure he doesn't need it off me. <laughs> I'll tell you what was very interesting this, this week with Rory's approach. He was much more in a bubble. You know, he didn't do many interviews pre-event. Mm-hmm. After he, I think he had a really good round on Thursday or Friday, but like whiffed the chip on the last green and didn't do interviews. He seems like he's been a little bit more in his bubble this week, which might suit him better potentially. At this point, I'm probably sure he's tried everything and everything to, to make, you know, to make it, to make the win happen, to get it over the line. But, but you know, at the end of the day, you can't force that, can you? If you're playing no. good golf four days in a row and in contention, eventually it'll happen. I've said that for a while, but it, it will. Um, it, ha- it has to. And and the fact he's putting himself up there, I mean, all he needed was Wyndham Clark to bogey that last hole. And I mean, yes, he put it in someone else's hands there, but if he had a done, which he might well have done with the pressure, you know, then Rory's into a playoff and who knows what happens. But I think it's kudos to Rory how well he's playing, how consistent he is, as is Scottish Scheffler, as is John Rahm. Those three guys are just that next level. I think where he could look back at his round today and go, oh, yesterday, sorry. And he didn't make a single bird in the last 17 holes. Yeah. That's not Rory, is it? You know, even no. the par fives, there's a there's a couple of very drivable par fours. He didn't capitalise on any of those. It's like, they, they could have been more birdie opportunities without question. Yep. I mean, bogeyed the 14th, the par five, after in a bad wedge shot into the green. So it's like, for someone with his prowess off the tee, I, I am surprised he didn't make more birdies on that, in that final mm-hmm. kind of 17 holes, really. Did you see Gordon Sargent's putt? Ridiculous. <laughs> It's like being did, a mini goal. Did they fix that? I think they fixed it. They said, I think someone had pulled a flag out too much and then the cup kind of raised a little bit and then the ball obviously landed in the hole and came back out again. I wonder how much money he lost on that putt. I don't know. Um, Gordon Sargent, what's that, where did he come? He came. Well, is, is he, he's not an amateur, isn't he, anyway? Oh, he is an amateur, yeah. Wouldn't sorry, have, yeah. He wouldn't have. But it would have meant... He, he still won the amateur bit, I think. He'd have come tied 32nd instead of tied 39th. Wow. Um, there was also some. Uh, tell you what was weird, and I know it's quite a lot of talk on Twitter and stuff, but because I'm not on their time zone, the tea times were very, 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 very late. Mm-hmm. And I've watched the highlights today, and I've watched them play down seventeen, eighteen. It was actually getting dark. Yeah, yeah. What would have happened if there was a playoff? God knows. 
Like, they were, honestly, they wouldn't have had a chance to be able to play one more hole, I don't think. Yeah, it was weird. It was it was a great event in a lot of ways, you know, apart from the fact it was too late. <laughs> that was annoying. The crowds weren't great. Um, obviously, I think there'd been some story that the, the members, a thousand members had been given four tickets each. So they obviously took a lot of tickets or, or didn't go even or whatever. It was quite a corporate feel. I've, I've listened to a couple of the podcasts and some of the people that were there said, it did feel kind of very corporate and it was, you know, a lot of the times wasn't people clapping when a good shot was hit or whatever, which is a bit of a shame. Um, but from a golf course point of view, it did look good. It looked very tough in parts, it obviously. so bloody hard. It was ridiculous. I, I imagine what we'd actually genuinely shoot playing in that condition. A million. And one. Because <laughs> um, the other thing as well, and um, only because I've got slight experience on this, I think it was the Saturday night when, again, Ricky and Wyndham was playing together in the fi- in the final group on the Saturday as they were finishing. It was quite literally going dark. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I played with Ricky in um, at Medalist, was it back in December now? December when it was starting to get dark as we finished. And he really, really struggled because the sunglasses he wears are prescription. Oh, right. Wow. So he couldn't take the sunglasses off. Because he can't see. He can't literally see. Oh, and then with the sunglasses on, it's obviously a huge downside when it's getting dark. Wow. So, so there is actually quite a lot. I mean, I didn't hear him complain about it or talk about it. It was more Wyndham that was talking about it. But it was, uh, you know, it, for one, I saw a few comments saying, why is he still wearing his sunglasses? It's because they are prescription. I'm not a fan of playing golf in sunglasses. I don't think I've ever even done it. But I, I have done it. I don't think it's, it's something you need to get used to. Yeah. It's, remember that phase where they've been putting on the back of the hat up, upside down and stuff and all that? I remember David DeValdo. Yeah, they were. He, he made them look pretty good, He did kind it? of pull it off. It wasn't a look I'd go for myself, but I think he did look quite good. It was like the frameless ones, wasn't it, at the yeah. bottom? I just don't... I can play glasses with glasses on, sunglasses on, but I've never particularly played with sports glasses do you get what i mean yeah. i'm more wearing fashion glasses a little, for ray-bans a little bit of ray-bans and, yeah. and i don't think they're quite suited for uh no performance golf and that might be where i'm really going you know really seeing the downside of my performances at the moment speaking of performance golf i went to the range on saturday and i don't want to get carried away and cocky on the podcast when people are listening and can take note but oh my days i'm flushing it <laughs> really hitting it well. I've heard this a few uh, times no, before. Yeah, I, and I've said it a few times before because I think I'm getting good at golf. Um, but little few little swing thoughts, really, um, really good, going well, going nicely. Well, I'm slightly worried. I've not played golf for a while now and my game isn't particularly going very well. <laughs> and tomorrow I've got a big match. Yes. Against a very, very high-profiled professional golfer yes who we are also going to be doing a podcast with yes and hopefully that episode will be out next week the episode of the podcast the video will be out a few weeks after that yeah it's very we obviously can't say who it is because if if for any reason it doesn't doesn't come off then obviously um we'd be gutted uh where's they come off i think it'll just be down to like weather and stuff i actually had an email off said person today it's quite cool getting an email off him from his actual account did you see that one Yeah, yeah yeah from his actual email um and it's on, so podcast, 10 shot challenge. He is a guy that will want to beat you, Rick. He's going to get in my head. He'll want to humiliate you. Yeah. He'll probably offer me 20 shots at the start. Yeah. And, and uh, yeah, I should take it. I think you should. I I don't think is, and I've got a few excuses up my sleeve. I've got them lined up, ready to go. Go on. Just on a huge charity bike ride. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Even though. I'm telling you yeah. and everyone else in the office and you guys listening and watching, my legs actually don't hurt. But you can tell him they do. Yeah. My, okay. my actual legs are actually weirdly a bit like the marathon. They're actually okay. However, you listen to me tomorrow. I'm going to turn up in crutches yeah. guy and talk about, oh, my legs are in so <laughs> much pain. Oh, you know, I've just done a charity bike ride from St. Andrews to Royal Liverpool, you know, raised 55,000 pounds for prostate cancer, you know, managed to, um, you know, take Barry, the buddy re- needs to be retired bike. I'll milk that till the cows come home. Believe me. I think if anything, this guy who you're playing against 
That would just be music to his ears. He won't care. He'd lick his lips at that and go, right, you're going to get beat by 20 shots then. He will notice that I am injured and wounded. Correct. He he will rip me apart like a vulture. Well, these videos, I think, are some of uh, the best on the channel. When you play against these kind of really high-profile tour players and you start 10 under par, they do really well. And we're fortunate we've had some great people. I've had Ricky Fowler, obviously, we've mentioned a few times today, Tommy Fleetwood, Lee Westwood, Adam Scott, and then this new person coming on tomorrow. I think it's great because you get to see a number of things. You get to see like the difference of level of golf between you and them on the same golf course, you know, shot by shot. That's really exciting. And you kind of get to see the true personality on camera. And this, again, this player has got a very big personality. But I think sometimes as well, what I like to see, and this sounds bizarre because I'm they're live, obviously. I want to see them hit shots that are unbelievable. But it's also quite nice to see them hitting more, not always great shots because when you're watching the golf, you know, the Open, the US Open, the Masters typically, wherever it might be, PJ Tour event, and you're watching the best players in the world, but you're also watching the best players who are playing the best as well. You know, you're not really watching the guys who are going to miss the cut by six or whatever. So sometimes when you hit a more mere mortal golf shot, it kind of actually makes you realise that, yeah, golf is very difficult and sometimes these guys do hit the odd bad one. You know, I, I really like about the 10-shot challenge as well because, or any time we get to spend with tour pros, is when they are mic'd up and they can express what they're thinking yes. over said shot. I think that's very, very valuable, not only to me, but the viewers and, and the listeners, because we don't often get to hear that. You know, Correct. The, you, even the dialogue between player and caddy, you, you kind of, the sound guys stick a microphone in there a bit more now, but it's not particularly as much as, you know, actually I'm saying, right, this is how I'm playing it. Mm. These are things I'm thinking of. These are my worries about this shot. Yeah. Because in the tournament play, you're never going to hear a player say those things. No. Um, so, so really looking forward to that. Um, so I think I need to hit some balls tonight, potentially. <laughs> I'm going to hit some golf balls tomorrow because yes. I've actually got a fitting um, for some new irons that I'm reviewing very soon. Um, so I might hit a load of shots there and then let battle commence. It's going to be exciting. I've got a question for you, though, uh, from Michael Parry on the Facebook group. Okay. Hi, Michael. So recently, I hope you listening and watching have viewed this, but we did a video where Rick played around a golf and got the nice treat, the luxury of 10 mulligans. So any, very nice. any shot that you didn't like, you go, mm, do that again. That's what mulligans used. I'm actually going to start a campaign to make that actual golf. Well, so Michael Parry has said, I play off 15. If I had 15 mulligans instead of the 15 handicap, would I shoot better scores? I'm going to go with no. I want to hear what you say. Ah, uh, I get what you say. So your saying. handicap becomes mulligans instead of actual take it off at the end. Oh, wow. So if your handicap's five, you get five mulligans, but no handicap. So we're all playing off scratch in terms of nothing to deduct at the end. We all get more mulligans or less mulligans. Ooh. Oh, what a time to be alive that would be. <laughs> My theory, while you're thinking about it, say if you're off 15... You know that no matter what you shoot, you get 15 strokes deducted essentially. So if you shoot 85, that becomes a 70, simple maths. With the mulligans though, there's no guarantee that actually is going to help you. No, it, I think certainly there's one style of golfer it would really suit. The, re- the person's got a wild one in them. Yeah, me. several wild ones. That would so, be me. So let's say Matt, we'll use him from the podcast. Yes. Matt from the podcast. You got a mic, Matt? Scrambling from my areas. Uh, obviously, you won the tournament a couple of weeks ago. And you shot 78. I did. Yeah. We played golf with you. Yes. And you've got a wild one in you, Matt. Would yeah. you agree? Yeah, 100%. I feel like if you, with your distance, had... What are you off now? Uh, officially nine. If you had nine mulligans, I think Matt's score would dramatically improve. So, let me think about this now. Matt's going to go out normally and shoot on 81 off nine, roughly. Yeah. So, you're saying that becomes a 72. His handicap. Yeah. You think he would beat 72 growth with nine mulligans? Well, I don't know, actually. Now you said it like that. That sounds quite a low number, doesn't it? So do you mean. think that? Because you don't get a handicap as well, don't forget. It's just the mulligans. It's hard because usually it's the, the tee shots that send send me off, especially for me. I like honestly a, reckon... I'm a great second shot golfer. I think I would benefit from it over shots. Because when I hit a bad shot, that typically then results in at least double bogey. Your your round of golf can be 15 really good holes, three terrible holes. Exactly. So I could shoot, say, seven over because of three holes. I get a four handicap, so that becomes a three over. 
But those three holes, if I had mulligans on them, three or four mulligans, I think they would become pars. I don't know. Interesting. Quite a good way of looking at it. Different way of playing golf. And that's the thing. Like, obviously... It'd actually be quite good at, like, a, at a club to have a mulligan challenge yeah, every year. it would be long. Take a long time, but so what? But that's the thing, though, as well, when you're going out playing golf. Like, obviously, you shouldn't play different games if you're slowing up play, making it slow play or whatever, but... If you're not for nine holes on your own, a nice summer evening, you want to have a bit of fun, try a different game, do the cheating game. That's what we do. Cheat, <laughs> cheat. Mulligans on the day. It's brilliant. Um, I'm trying to think of something. You know, I'd love to, and and I think I've got the perfect candidate in mind for this. I'd love to get a tour pro doing it. Yes. Well, that's the next video. I think a tour pro doing 10, 10 shot mulligans, 10 mulligan challenge would be ridiculous. Yeah. Do, do you, I genuinely think they could break 60. But why do I think that on a... Oh, because they've got no handicap anyway. You've got no handicap. It doesn't matter anyway, does it? But the thing is, though, with a tour pro, what I'd be intrigued to know is where would they use the mulligan? Is it just simply the, the eight footer that you miss? Yeah, I think... A little fly going around the room. Is it a piece of fluff? I think it's actually... A, no, it's a fly. No, it's a fly, I think. Try and catch it with your fingers. Oh, I my God, he's caught it. This week. Eat a, it. <laughs> Eat it, go on. Have you got it? I've definitely not killed it. Why are you eating it? Um, It's actually a little spy drone. <laughs> Said by Peter Finch. <laughs> Finch and I are a tour pro idea. Um, so we have had lots of questions on Facebook, which is a platform you're a huge fan of, you're an advocate of. Um, Ambassador almost. Yeah. The, what was the, the, the only time that was a bit too much was that time we were in the Trafford Centre and that fella came up to us and said, oh, Rick, I uh, oh, love the videos, love the, love the channel and everything. And he said, oh, actually, and why guys here as well, I'll tell you. A member of your, your Facebook group, the Rick Shields Golf Show group, I joined it and it was free and I made up with it. And you were, all right, okay. And you escorted him into the Apple shop and bought him six iPhones, him and his family. That was a really nice touch, that. <laughs> Is that what you always do? You know, the, you know, when I started my, my bike ride the other day at St. Andrews. Yes. About three people had turned up, actually genuinely turned up for the promise they were getting a £50 note. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, we need to stop offering these promises that we don't deliver Luckily, on. I did have three £50 notes on me and gave it them. Of but, course you did. Uh, I don't always have £50 <laughs> notes on me, so just be careful. But the Facebook group is a great place. Facebook and social media in general can be a bit of a hive of, of negativity, a bit of a hive of nonsense, of misinformation. The Facebook group, the Rick Shields Golf Show podcast, however, which is now amassing upwards of 100,000 members, it's a, it's a good zone of, of sharing your uh, recent achievements if you've broken 80 for the first time or broken 100 or whether you've taken your friends to come play the first round of golf. You get a lot of love, lot of support in there. So let's just say you have a normal Facebook account. You've got 231 friends and you put a picture on that you broke 80. You might get 10 likes, potentially. Yeah. Put it on the Facebook group. We're comfortably oh. talking triple figures. Uh-oh. So, uh, and also we engage on there and interact and that's where we get Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. 
Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I love our questions from... So where are you going? You can, you can go semi-viral. You can go semi-viral. Sometimes they go do actually go viral viral because you get shared out of the actual group so you know you never know what you're gonna get um okay so join the group that was a big plug for the group so anyway david creasy has asked us we said how is rick's what's in the bag going have any changes been made yet or close to being made so this is coming off the back of the video where rick announced he was going to be getting rid of some of his clubs yes um what have i changed so far i've put a i've put a dot on my putter. Correct. Even Roll have also sent me now a putter with an actual dot on it. Correct. But I'm not using that yet because if, if people did watch the 10-shot challenge, I don't think I've ever putted as good in my life. I don't think anybody has ever putted as well <laughs> in the history of man. Since that, the putter's not been quite as hot. So it's there <laughs> in the backup. It, it's there ready to bow- pounce when it's needed to. I've also, if you've watched, is that, yeah, review's gone out. I've also put some brand new wedges in the back. One that very much surprised, shocked me, almost alarmed me, actually. It was very irrational. It was very it was very Rick Shields. So I recently reviewed uh, indie wedges. Uh, they came in this really cool guitar case, which, quick note, that's not for, that's not, not everybody gets that nice guitar case. Aww. So I appreciate that, Indy. Thank you. Also, there's a few comments saying, oh, is that the illegal wedges? They do have an illegal version. Mm-hmm. But trust me when I say the wedges I um, had reviewed and tested and put in the bag are conforming. Um, so they sent me three wedges in my spec, a 52, a 55 bent to, or a 54 bent to 55, and then a 60. I have put them in the bag mm-hmm. at the moment. I can't see them staying. I can't. Because what I like, to be honest with you, I was shocked when you put them in the bag and I quite liked it because as everyone knows, when Rick reviews product, it's completely unbiased. It's what you see is what you get. You're not afraid to call out the big brands, call out small brands. We give the most impartial, honest and unbiased reviews. That's fair to say, I believe. However, I think there also comes down to me, this is where we might be different, that I almost have predetermined trust in products. So I feel like if I've got Vokey wedges, I might not play better necessarily than I would with other wedges. But for me, I feel like, oh, they're the, the, the best. But the fact that you were willing to put in the brand, Indie, because you used them and quite liked them in the review and actually put them in the bag and play some golf with them, I think it was kudos that you weren't scared to give them a try. I think I've done that quite a few times. Yeah. You know, going back very, very far back, I put some wedges in the bag a long time ago called Score yep, Wedges. I remember. And they were a bit a bit similar to like Indie. I yep. just liked the look of them. I liked the feel of them, popped them in the bag. Ben Hogan irons, yep. when they first came back out again. With, I think there's a connect between Score and Ben Hogan. Right, I think, wow. I think the, but I didn't know that at the time. Put the Ben Hogan irons in the bag, really like those. I've had... Um, Wilson, a bit of a left field one? Yes and no. Obviously, it's got its history, its heritage but, of incredible major victories. But yeah, not a set of irons that maybe a lot of people would consider in this day and age all the time. But I loved my V6 irons. I think I probably need to dig them back yeah, out again. they were good. I really like those Even V6. Even roll to a degree. Even roll, definitely. Yeah, it's coming a lot more mainstream, but it's still a bit of a... You've had that in the bag for a while. Yeah, so like, you know, I feel like as long as you know, it's a product that I like or, and I trust and I, and I like the performance. I, I'm never scared about putting a an unknown brand yeah. in the bag, really. Um, possibly where I would maybe not put an unknown name uh, club in the bag, maybe Driver. See, this is a funny one. I was literally going to say the exact same thing a minute ago, that it's arguably easier with a wedge or with a putter. Because, yeah. But then I thought of something else. But actually at the same time with a driver, if you got a, Guy Charnock drive that you'd never heard of before and tried it out and the numbers were great and that's evidence you can see the numbers, then why would we be scared sure, to yeah, almost? I feel like I feel like with wedges and putters, the R and D doesn't need to be 
millions and millions and millions of pounds hasn't been spent on R&D yeah. for, the, for those indie wedges. Correct. And I apologize if they have, but I don't believe they have. <laughs> no. Where for driver technology, so much goes into the R&D that it almost questions me to go, surely no brand without that much R&D can produce a product. But then if you saw it working... Well, that's it. But then then I'd also question its, it's longevity. Yeah, yeah, okay. Like with wedges, I don't ever feel like a wedge is going to break down on me or stop working all of a sudden or, or the face is going to crack. Yeah, that's or, true. Where if it was a, a driver from a brand I didn't really know and on initial hits, I'm like, wow, this is really good. I still think I'd have a little bit of a trust issue to go... Yeah, but is this going to be really good for, you know, for the next six months, a year, yeah. whatever it may be? Um, on that, I have seen another comment from Stuart Thompson. Okay. Was the review channel just a YouTube experiment? Oh, it caught us out. You've caught us out to see how many subs you can get with no content. <laughs> well, <laughs> in an, in an April, if you if you look back, we actually announced it on April the first. You believed us. There you go. Don't stop listening because we're going to say the truth now. Uh, April podcast. Rick said the first video will definitely be in May, and now we're ending June and still no videos. Allow me to explain. <laughs> Got a lot of explaining to do. Um, this is not for the want of not wanting to try. If that makes sense. This is not. We are yeah. we are trying. <laughs> bloody best we've built which you will see i mean i could show you now i I could literally pick up this camera that you're watching on now (laughs) and take you next door and show you the studio that we have built but i'm not 100 happy with it right now it's not not i'm not 100 happy it's not 100 complete would you do a literally one second bang that goes in this video No, that's how much you don't I, want to show it off yet. It, 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 we've put so much effort into this, into this studio that I'm like, the first time I show it to anybody, we've not shown any teasers or any clips. The first, I want it to be like perfect. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, it'd be like, it'd be like yeah, I just want it to be the best it can possibly be. And that's not only, it's even the daft things now. It's like the camera positioning and stuff mm-hmm. just needing to be altered. Um, we've realized now with the lighting and the and the computer software, it's hot in that room. So we mm. need to look at controlling the temperature. That was a fact we didn't really realize. Um, you can tell by the way I'm speaking, it is literally two doors down in the same building, two, door, two doors down that way, um, ready to be literally, we've got everything operational. We're going to do a reveal video, which will sit on the main channel and there'll be a massive giveaway in there. And to be honest... I'd also quite like it to get to 100,000 subscribers with zero videos. That is also quite a cool thing to do. It's also going through a full rebranding and renaming. Yes. It is it is exciting. And just, just on that, you know, the content that you will see on there, we, we have explained this briefly, but it seems a good time just to reiterate it. There's been a few comments on some of the videos as well recently. We will still be putting reviews of a golf equipment on the main channel. Um, because we do sometimes find products that we think are really unique or really different or really exciting or have huge claims that we think kind of almost deserve, if that's the right term, to be showcased to two and a half million subscribers. So if you like the kind of current look of the channel now, the main channel, nothing would really change for you. So there's nothing to kind of worry about if that, again, is the right term. Um, but we're... What this new channel will offer us is, is a space, a platform just to do loads more reviewing. Yeah. So like we've got a three wood in there. Um, actually it's announced, I think today it's a ping three wood. Um, that we probably wouldn't necessarily have put on the main channel because it's a three wood. It's not, but there's still a bit of story to it. That'd be a cool video for the review channel. So there's going to be lots of videos on there. It's going to give us so much more scope to review more products from more brands. We'll still put some bits of reviews on the main channel. So it's kind of, it, it really is, I think, a win-win for, for, for everybody. Yeah. Which want it to be, as you can tell by Rick's passion, it has to be right. And it's getting very, 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 very close. Yeah. I'd, I'd hate to show everybody now and, and go, oh, yeah, but I know, but me looking at it, I know it's not quite there. Um, the mad thing is though, I reckon, and that, I get that and that's how it should be, but 99.9% of people would just be like, oh my God, it's amazing. Yeah. They wouldn't care, but it's like, I want a hundred percent of yeah. people to think that and, and me to think that. So, um, yeah, do not worry. It's getting, it's getting there. 
do not worry. We um, announced it too soon. We did. We and, were and then premature. It's taken a lot longer than we expected it to. Yes. Um, so Glenn Tobin has said, do you think the amount of sponsorship on some players' shirts is getting excessive? It honestly, doesn't bother me one bit. It, yeah. Truth be told. Same. Um, it, I think it gets excessive when it becomes more like a Formula One driver. Mm. And every single piece of clothing they, they have on, their, their fire suit is sponsored. Yeah. And every panel on, on the car is sponsored. Mm. We're not there yet. I'm not saying it won't get to there. Um, it doesn't offend me. Yeah, it's something I can kind of understand his point. And I think it does look good when a golfer has like clean, like obviously Rory and that, who are Nike golfers often just have a swoosh on the top and the hat and it's quite clean. But ultimately it doesn't really affect us. And it's something that obviously, I suppose the guys and, and girls on tour have to kind of weigh up that if they want to get sponsored by 10 different brands, that's obviously going to earn them probably a lot of money. But then each of those brands will want something from them. Simple, in simple terms, they've got a logo on the top. Well, that doesn't really offend them. That's really easy enough to do. But then... They'll probably all get one uh, day with the golfer per year with a bring all the high flying clients or whatever. So that means that if you're sponsored by 10 brands, you might have to give up 10 days of your year, which again, to some people is well worth it. Someone like Rory that has got enough money already that wants to keep himself pretty family based and do his own stuff. Doesn't need the money. Going to get enough off the PJ tour anyway, by and the sounds of things. And also someone like, you know, Nike, they don't like to have you branded up. I don't know if you just, I was reading some comments. Did you say that then? No. Yeah, well, that's why they, they obviously pay you typically a lot more. And then it's a, just a, a clean, just Nike swoosh is all you can have on. So that's why it sometimes can be quite difficult for them to get new players because they've already got contracts or whatever, have to buy them out of that, whatever. But yeah, it's something that doesn't bother me. Question for you. Okay? Go for it. This is something I think is in your wheelhouse. John Cox has said, I've recently just taken over as general manager at a regional country golf club, what sort of initiatives could I put in place to attract new members to play our beautiful course? That's a great question. Uh, well, first off, congratulations. Yes. Um, I think when you when you're given the keys of a yeah. facility, it is quite exciting, isn't it? I can imagine it would be. You know, you suddenly like right. I'm not not in a, a aggressive way, but I'm kind of calling the shots now. I can steer the ship in the direction of my vision. And the direction you're talking about is getting more people into the golf club. I think you've got to really look at the whole facility and go, are we as open as we can possibly be? Yeah. You know, it, is it as friendly as experienced as you can possibly be? And that, that even goes to even the name of the place, like Los Angeles Country Club, mm-hmm. okay, where I just hosted the US Open. If I said that to any non-golfer, what, what do you think they're instantly thinking? Exclusive. Straight away, aren't they? But like, it is, isn't it? That's what I'm saying. All right, okay. But what I'm saying, the naming of something. So if, okay, so if you want, if, if they suddenly had a, a 180 a Los Angeles Country Club said we want to be open to anybody, you'd, have to, you'd then change the name. Yeah. I get you. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah, sorry. So it starts with the naming of the facility. It starts off with it, its image or its even logo. Mm-hmm. Like if it looks like quite a, you know, exclusive, oh God, we've got to be a, we've got to know the right people to be a member here or go there. That also kind of plays where, Palm B part three, par three course, which hat you're wearing now, that doesn't sound exclusive, does it? No. Palm Beach par three course. I let mean, it's, it's just, it seems fun. Let me know what's spanning the works then, because I think you're onto a good point, but let's call this imaginary golf club. Um, what do you want to call it? Blossom Hill. Blossom Hill, okay. And they want new members. Are you happy with that naming up for Blossom Hill or not? <laughs> I feel like that would, <laughs> I bet that might be is a that, Is that a, a wine? Blossom Hill. Okay, it's actually Blossom Hill Golf. Uh, Orange Blossom Hills Golf and Country Club. Okay, so let's just call it Blossom Hill Golf and Country Club for now. Yeah. Are you happy with that name for attracting new members? No. Okay, so you're going to change it? Yeah. Okay. Um, but I've been a member here 25 years, as of my, my father was, and my children are, and I spend a lot of money here. I don't need to change the name. No, that's fine. So you're not going to change it? There's your check, sir. Okay. Thanks for being a member here for so long. So now my 10 mates are going to leave as well. So you've got okay, another 10 members <laughs> I on think, top. I think for me, it be, it, it's how... Cleverly you do it. Yeah. Just what? don't tell them. <laughs> I think it's more like, you know, you could call it Blossom Hill Golf Club or or just Blossom Hill. Okay. Just like, just it found... Do you like the word country club? I think it it gives this air of exclusivity. Okay. Would you agree on that? Uh, I would in a sense, yes. But I also feel when I think of a country club, there might be tennis courts there, actually I can go in, non-golf clothes, be a bit more potentially chilled. For, exa- for example... 
I, I, when I used to work at the Mia, yeah. it was not called the Mia. It was mm. called Mia Golf and Country Club. Yeah. And at that point, it was a quite exclusive members golf club. Yeah. And I would answer the phone. Hi, good morning. Welcome. Uh, you know, good morning. Mia Golf and Country Club. Rick speaking. And it, there was a level of kind of tone. There was a level of almost, you know, we, we, we are quite a high profile place. Mm-hmm. You used to have a barrier. You used to have to scan your card at the barrier when you entered. And they realized, I think when it got maybe bought out that they needed to increase the footfall. So they added a hotel. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. They got rid of the barrier at the front gate. They started to just call it the mayor. Yeah. That was it. Just the mayor. And now when you go, it has a very, very different, and again, for me seeing it as a country club that was quite exclusive, quite member orientated, and they did lose members, mm-hmm. but the amount of footfall they get now is Paid. far beyond. So, so it depends what you want with How it. do you answer the phone to Blossom Hill then? Ring, ring. Ring, ring. <laughs> ring, ring. BH, what up? Don't know. Just like a uh, Blossom Hill, how can I help you? Nice, that's the word. So, okay, we've got to change the name of the, it could be good, but he, he's talking then more initiatives. So what initiatives could he put in place? Is it your favourite story of the rabbit and the hares? Is that what it's called? Fox and rabbits. Fox and rabbits, where you bring your wife, partner, your husband, whoever doesn't play golf, and you do play golf, you hit the ball to the green, they then put, try to get interested. That's 100%. a good way of doing it. Do you um, offer... I like three-month memberships. Okay. Just like through the door, three month, three month memberships, no waiting list. Dress code. What is the one? I, I, I don't know if there is one now, no, but, but in I your think, place. I, personally, I think that it should be more relaxed. Okay. I, I believe that dress code should be relaxed more. What about if I want to wear a full Liverpool kit? Well, that's obviously off the table. <laughs> a full Manchester United kit, then that's. Would you let a full football one. kit go up, socks as well, on the course? No. Okay, so why? What's the rules then? Any detail? I don't need a why. <laughs> your club, your you, can, manager. you can wear relaxed sporting apparel i don't know the right description i don't know but you, you can't wear football shirts okay so no football shirts and you have to wear clothes you can't, okay. be, you can't oh. be nude or topless no no sorry i'll have to go out <laughs> <laughs> just block just uh mute that matt um yeah like i said there's probably a lot more to it but i think if you're wanting to attract more people to the golf club and you want to get more people through the door, you've got to be more welcoming. You've got to be more open. You've got to, it's got to start from everything. Yeah. Personally, yeah. like I said, the, the naming, the barrier at the front gate, if there is one, if there isn't one, um, or, or even if there is a barrier for security reasons, I don't, I don't massively mind that. Friendly staff. Yeah. Sorry with that. Fr- Hi, sir. Can I help you today? Uh, I'm just going for a look around. Absolutely. Welcome in. Yeah. It doesn't need to particularly be just because there's a barrier there or a gate like, right, you're not in. Yeah. Yeah, it could just be, you know, a little buzz. Again, if, you, if you're worried about security, that's not a problem. I like golf courses that have security. It feels like, you know, obviously you're safe. Um, but, but it's got to be put in place that, you know, we're still welcome, we're still open, we still, wanna, we still want you to come and join us and be part of the club or come and play your golf here or come and practice here, whatever it may be. You know, one thing I would like to see at more golf clubs, I don't know how they do this and how they maintain this, but it's something that I think maybe would not, well, maybe would attract new members, but would also probably keep members as well, is making the golf club not just somewhere that you go to play golf. So for example, I've hardly gone to the gym at the minute, which you can tell from looking at me. I'm in quite poor shape at the minute. But because you're looking ripped. No, it's fat. They're just, it's not good. Anyway, but I still go to my gym quite a bit and do admin on my laptop rather than come to the office some days. It's just quite an all right environment. It's quite light and I just quite like it. So because of that, even if I'm having a spell, I'm thinking, you know what? I'm paying 60 quid a month for a gym, whatever. And I'm not really going, probably should just look quit. It's like, well, actually... I do still come because I do work here. And then by doing that, you sometimes end up taking your gym kit with you. You might do a bit. So you kind of keep that going a little bit. Whereas with a golf club, it's a sport where you can quite comfortably, or I can anyway, go from October to February and not play golf. Certainly in my private life, personal life. But if you still go to the golf club, maybe to watch the football for tea, because I used to go to my old golf club a lot on like a Friday with my family for tea and stuff. And it was like for, for a meal. And then you, you know, have a drink with people. It, it keeps you feeling part of something yeah. more. I do genuinely think, I don't know where this golf club is, whether it's in the UK or US, I do typically feel like US do that so much yeah, better. I'd agree. Like when when I was lucky enough to go out there in December and January this year, the amount of times we'd filmed at a, a venue and we'd come back in off the golf course, it was starting to go dark, yet the, the clubhouses were 
packed. Mm. You know, either people watching sports or having a, having a drink with mates or out with the family or, you know, so, you know, elder grandparents out with the grandkids having a nice little meal. Like, like God, I don't feel like we get that in the UK as much. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, but yeah, I hope that the job goes well for you. Um, John and uh, you have to let us know if any of that advice was um, any good, really. <laughs> week, you know else? You know what else? Week emails in. Um, hi, um, <laughs> I've been second guy. Do you have any jobs? <laughs> you know, last thing I would actually say as well, um, and something I'm seeing come come full circle now is when I was younger, much much younger, our well, the golf sports member at for a long time had a really thriving junior section. And I say thriving, I don't know what it was like in comparison to some other places, but there are probably 20, 25, 30 junior members that were active or whatever, and, you know, some decent level of golfers there. And kind of inevitably get to like 17, 18, 20, whatever it might be, a lot of them either stopped playing golf, and I carried on a little bit, and obviously other people did, but a lot of them stopped. Now that they're all turning kind of 30s, mid-30s, maybe pushing up towards 40, so many of them are now back playing golf again. And, you know, you'd like to think the natural port of call because back to that golf club and, you know, rejoin for the memories or whatever it might be. So if you have a decent junior section, although it might not be, it might not give you a lot of income as a juniors, but they then in future might become members. The, the no future longer, members yeah. always look after the juniors, always make sure that you've got a thriving junior section because the amount of people who are, like I say, members of clubs because they were a junior there... Yeah. It's staggering. You know what I had to do the other day that's really annoying? I had to buy my first golf club in about seven, no, in fact, about 10 years. You know what? I'm bloody glad you've bought a glove. Why? Yours were looking well, really tatty. So basically the story was, it's not really a great story. In my old job working for Nike, I had lots of equipment obviously that I would use and I would take out to demo events. And we always had, not only do we have loads of clubs and loads of shafts and loads of balls and loads of tees, etc. We also had loads of footwear and gloves and that was partly so that if you wanted to come and try the clubs, you could also try the footwear on. But it was also because a lot of people, believe it or not, would come, they'd book in for a custom fitting, they'd turn up in the work suit with the slidey shoes on no glove and then wonder why they couldn't hit it very well. So we would have boxes and boxes of gloves that I would obviously give to people to wear for, you know, and then I wouldn't keep them very long. It was a bit minging from a fitting and when I had an old glove off somebody else. Anyway, long story short, when I left Nike in September of 2017, I had a fair bit of equipment left. I was just told, I'll oh, just keep it wherever you can, you can just have it. And I had about three boxes worth of gloves, size small. I am, which is quite puny, I know, but I like it tight. Um, and that was not even maybe a joke. I started no, that, no, you yeah. um, <laughs> And because obviously I don't play actually that much in the grand scheme of things, maybe twice a month potentially, one glove can last a little while. But there's only so long it can last. And the last one of this whole batch, Honestly, yeah, the last one. It, I was clinging onto it and clinging onto it. I actually saw a couple of comments on the videos about get guy in your glove. This is, this has got to go. So on Saturday, I went to Clark's golf center near me where I hit balls sometimes and walked up to the counter and bought a glove. Like I said, first time in about 10 years and it was 1999 for a golf glove, for a tightless player's glove. That was last, last, that was the last year you bought one. Coincidentally. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, I had to buy a golf. And it got me thinking a little bit. Although golf doesn't have to be expensive. We've said this a lot of times because you can buy budget things. And I did buy one of the dearer gloves. I don't really know why. I used to a leather glove or whatever. But there's a lot of bits to buy, isn't there? You've got tees, you've got balls, you've got gloves, you've got apparel, you've got footwear, you've got clubs. And with all that stuff, you can obviously buy much, much cheaper alternatives. And I'm very fortunate, as are you. I don't always buy lots of stuff or use bits or whatever that we get sent. But... It's a lot that you need. Yeah. No, you're right. I, I think I, I always begrudge buying teas. Yes. Luckily, yes. I've got a big batch of them, but I still sometimes forget them and have to buy them. Um, but you, you have to buy them. What can you do? Teas is a good one. And I can't imagine you doing this necessarily, but it's good. Get the massive bag off eBay. Yeah. The massive, huge, ridiculous one. Because you get it and you get sent them. And you look at it and you think, that's I'm never, ever going to run out of teas ever in my life. But you do, obviously. It's nice. I love having loads of white tees in my golf bag. I've said this before, you only have one in it. Do you want one in your pocket when you play? Yeah, one? just one. I like about six. It's too many. Yeah, I don't know. What are you, Matt? One or six? Where do you fit? I always carry a full one and a broken one for par threes. Wow. <laughs> That's what he's prepared. Yeah. I, 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 yeah, I don't know. I, I literally only have one on me typically. 
Sometimes a ball marker, most of the time not. Yeah, that's pretty much it. We're very different in our approach to golf in a sense that I love my clubs being dead clean. I like everything in order. I like to know that I've got several golf balls ready the night before in the bag, got loads of tees. You just rock up. You're like, I've got no golf balls. <laughs> I hate it when my clubs are too clean. I don't understand that. I absolutely hate it. What about it? Just, I don't like looking at them. Wow. They just look too clean. I look at no. them, oh God. You want I a like bit a bit of dirt, dirt on there. my toe. <laughs> I just like, yeah, I like to know they've, yeah. I don't, want to, I don't like to give them too much respect. What about your golf ball, though? I love my golf ball being as clean as it can be. I hate having a golf ball that's got a bit of grass on it and stained. Um, I don't mind. No more. I wouldn't want anything to affect the flight. But if it's whacked a tree and it's got a bit of tree mark, I don't mind. Oh, you're a bad man. I, but then you think your shoe's very clean. Is that more because of camera? Because I take them out of the box every time. <laughs> <laughs> When you wear one one pair of shoes each time, you do. It's like they didn't burn them after a round. <laughs> Some poor kid going, Rick, Rick, can I? Can you spare me a pair of shoes? No, on fire, gone. <laughs> I don't. By I your own. Never, I would never do that to my wonderful echoes. <laughs> um, I, the, the one time at band camp when I was away, <laughs> and the, I must admit, the day before playing Augusta, I did go the whole town. I cleaned all my clubs. I had all the golf, like I stripped my bag to the absolute only things that I would ever need for that round of golf. That was, that was the first time in a long time. And then weirdly it popped up on Facebook today or Twitter or something. Six years ago today mm-hmm. on the, what we're on 19th of June. Is it open qualifying this week? Might be. I wouldn't be surprised. I don't know. Oh yeah, it is, it is, it is. It was the night before open qualifying at Fairhaven, like six years, uh, how many years ago? About six years ago. And I'm in my garage live streaming and 97,000 people were watching me clean my clubs and sort all my bits and bobs out. <laughs> what? <laughs> bits and bobs out? All my bits and bobs. Um, and that's probably why I never played in the open. Because your club's too clean? Far too clean. <laughs> Just on that, on playing on the Open, uh, we did touch it in the last podcast what we did live at uh, Lancaster Golf Club, the wonderful Lancaster Golf Club we were made to feel very at home, a nice place. It was good. Um, we talked about we'd just recently played at Muirfield, home of the 2013 Open, as won by Philip Mickelson. And we also played a couple of other courses, North Berwick in particular was one I was going to touch on. I can't remember how much we discussed it last week, so sorry for repeating myself, but we definitely said it's the best golf course around. and. I just want to reiterate the fact right. that North yeah, Berwick, said it. no, but just North Berwick was so fun. And that video was coming soon as is Muirfield, as is you and Iona playing at Scullin and then you and Peter Finch, friend of the channel, Peter Finch. We want to see more of you on the channel. Well, you've got it at Archerfield. So there's some really good videos coming soon. And that part of Scotland is insane. It's actually next, next Monday, open qualifying. Next Monday. Um, I'm actually playing with Pete this week. Really? Down, yeah. Oh yeah, of course you are. Going down, you. not filming it, but uh, in fact, I don't know if you are playing with him. Actually, I'm actually not playing with him, Mama. No. So it's an, it's an. We'll talk about it. Um, uh, Rick, obviously, and Pete, you are ambassadors for Golf Bidder, and I've done some great stuff with them. Obviously, the Golf Bidder Challenge this year came back, where you and Pete had an epic match. That I think only deserves a rematch, maybe next year, if you fancy it. I do. If you're not scared. I, I threw it away. I was too up with two to play. And threw exactly. It away. If you're not scared. So yeah, I'm definitely not get scared. Rory McElroy next, mate. <laughs> Pete's Wyndham. You're Rory. You're Ricky. Fine. Um, yes. And as part of that, they ran a giveaway for people that had purchased products from golf. But I can't remember if it was a month of March or something. And the winner, the prize was to play golf with um, Peter Finch. And then second place was to play with Rick. <laughs> I'm joking. The winners got to play. I think there's three winners or something. Or maybe six, six winners. Six, six winners. winners. Three play with you for nine, three play with Pete, then they have to swap, and three play with you and Pete. Yeah, so it's quite good. Just a quick one, something we and I, I don't want to diss him because he just won the US Open. Yeah, I've never heard of the name Wyndham, apart from the hotel chain. Yeah. Wyndham, bizarre name, isn't it? Well, I'm called Guy. I've not got much, much <laughs> leg to stand on, really. <laughs> I met another guy last week. What did you know? At Royal Liverpool. Liverpool. Did he say hi, I'm Guy? You know, so, what? you know, when I finished my bike race, my bike race. race, you don't race anymore, mate. You and that snail, <laughs> you beat the snail, the tortoise went past you though. <laughs> <laughs> I came second. Um, 
I finished at Royal Liverpool, which was, we, in fact, we've not touched on the final, final bit of that. Oh, no. Just quickly, because obviously the live, live podcast last week, I had one more yeah, day to true. go. The last day. You completed it anyway. <laughs> I completed it. I got it. And I finished at Royal Liverpool, Royal Liverpool, the home of this year's Open Championship. And Neil, my caddy from the Break 35 oh, yeah. was there. Oh, what a guy. He's so he invited me for a shed load of drinks, which I duly accepted. Did you? Yeah. Oh, I thought you were going home. Well, I did, but I didn't drive. So I shed loads of drinks. You cycled. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, there was another few guys who were arc, um, artisan. artisan members. And one oh, of them lovely. was called Guy. Did you say I know someone else called Guy? I didn't know. No. no, I just thought I'd leave it on that. Um, but yeah, all good. Right. I never met another guy. Have we not? No, I'm really good. I mean, I had to... I'd love to sit with someone and go, you're also called Guy. And go, yeah, go. <sighs> just a hug. Yeah. Hug and cry to each other. Yeah. Like, how do you spell it? G-U-I. How do you spell it? G-U-I. Do we just become best friends? How else can you spell it? That was the joke. You can't, Rick. G-I-Y. G-I-Y. G-I. But yeah, that would... Um, I'd love that. If anyone else is called Guy, feel free to follow, follow me on Instagram. I'll follow you back. I'll follow as many guys as I can. <laughs> you already do that. Hey. Right, guys, thanks for listening. I hope everyone guys, enjoys. Guys, there's only one guy here. <laughs> thanks, Guy, for listening and being here. <laughs> guys. Yeah, but there's no other guys. Me and the guy from Royal Liverpool. <laughs> I want to meet someone else called Guy and get a picture. <laughs> I'm looking at I'm actually Google the word Guy. Guy Fawkes was the only other one. There was a footballer years ago called Guy Whittingham. I think he played for Sheffield Wednesday, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Not that I'm clinging on to any other guys. <laughs> Won't be the first time. Oh, no, you got um, Guy Ritchie. Guy Ritchie, yeah, he's a good guy. Oh, my <laughs> and on that note, we are out. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week for episode 190. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.